0: hello welcome to Mikey Pod podcast episode 293 for june 29th 2020 today's guest is performance and visual artist jacqueline romine who among a multitude of things uses her performance art to confront inaccessible art spaces in los angeles by documenting her body sitting outside for an entire art opening or closing our conversation was pretty good like I I wrote in my notes that it was spectacular. I'm going to go with that. It was spectacular. It was a really, really great conversation. You'll hear it in a little bit. Uh, For now, I am your host, Michael Heron. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for almost 15 years. In one week, it'll be 15 years since I started doing this podcast. Hello. If you like what you hear, subscribe using the colorful buttons in the sidebar and footer at mikeypod.com, or just search MikeyPod in your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at michaelherron.com, hit me up on social media everywhere as at michaelherron, or you can email me, mikeypod at gmail.com. Hello, how are you? (laughs) We're still having a pandemic and stuff. America is (laughs) not doing good. (laughs) You've heard it all, you know. Um, Yeah. It's been a lot. So, okay. Yeah. uh, So (laughs) this is just that weird space for what do you talk about right now? When like everything's going to hell, like um, the thing that I've been thinking about lately has been, uh, Oh, what's the name for it that we were saying? Um, Corona bonuses, like looking for things that like are kind of good stuff that came out of this. There aren't many of those things, but they're, they're there. So, Do you have any Corona bonuses? Just saying that feels awful, but it's true. Like it's it's something I'm doing to like try to stay on top of things. I do want to check in on one thing. Um, The Black Lives Matter movement is moving like crazy. And the thing that I've been doing has been learning. So I've said a lot about it. Um, One place that I've gotten a great source of um, wisdom and direction has been from Omawale Ude who is the founder of Black Veg Fest. He and Black Veg Fest have created this document called Seven Points of Allyship for the White Vegan Community in Defense of Black Lives. So I know not everyone that listens to this podcast is vegan, but this is a really cool document. Um, and the thing that's even more cool is I signed on to it. And when you sign on, you don't just sign it and go on with your life. <laughs> you sign it, they ask, What are you going to do? How are you going to help? And then you get (laughs) follow-ups with action steps and things like that, which are really great for me because i it's that thing like the uh, white supremacy is so ingrained in our society. Like it feels like an understatement to even say it like that. A lot of people don't know what to do. And I'm one of those people. Like I'm slowly learning and having like this email show up, it's like, okay, here's some action steps, do this, 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 and that. So I've been doing those things. How's it going for you? Um, I don't know why I think I'm speaking to white people because we have to get our shit together and we need to gather ourselves, rally our troops (laughs) and figure this shit out. That's my current takeaway from the whole situation. So what's up? Let me know how you're doing that. I'm actually, I'm seriously very serious about uh, getting a response to that. Otherwise, um, oh, and I'll put a link to the seven points of allyship and notes for Mikey Pod, uh, for the podcast at MikeyPod.com. So feel free to come and check those out too. I'm speaking on a new mic today. Can you tell? Um, I think I like it. We'll see. I've, I've I've upgraded some things in the studio. I've been teaching so much online. I needed to like get a new chair. I got a new computer so I'm not like hunched over a laptop all day long. So those are some things that are good. It would have been great to not have to do that, but it's great that I could and it's also going to fold out into my other work like this podcast. So, yay. think that's everything this podcast is brought to you by my kind subscribers on patreon who in addition to the warm feeling of knowing that they are co-creating with me also get lots of perks zines free downloads merch discounts and exclusive patron only podcasts uh this week's will be an interview with jacqueline an extended interview we just started chatting and then i asked her can we can i record this so there's like bonus chat it's uh, the conversation with her is so good. Anyway, check out patreon.com slash Michael Herron for more info. Patrons, um, thank you for being there. Um, Many of you are listening to this podcast. Um, If you're one of those people, thank you for continuing to subscribe. Keep in mind, obviously, there's some shit going down right now. So if you cannot continue to subscribe, stop (laughs) your membership. (laughs) Like, if you're feeling hesitant, uh, I I want to say out loud like I love having the subscription model, um, and I want to keep that going, and I'm considering it a business. But the business is doing okay right now, and I know a lot of people are not. So if you're not doing okay, this podcast is always free. Um, now that I have a good computer to edit these videos on, more videos are going to come on YouTube. Those are free. I put out a lot of free stuff, so you, you you'll be you'll, <laughs> you can stay in touch. <laughs> We can stay in touch on socials. Anyway, that's a long way of saying, like, please, please, if you're having a rough time right now, unsubscribe on Patreon. (laughs) You don't need to be giving me your $5 a month. Um, But if you're doing good... I'd love to keep my business going and keep creating stuff, and you know I talked about that enough today 's guest is Jacqueline Romine. I already told you um, she's a photographer, a performance artist, um, she makes beautiful zines. Um, I met her at a book fair you'll hear about that in our interview um, so let 's get on to some music and then after that we'll have the interview the interview with Jacqueline. Uh, this track is the latest from a new group called Doctor. God. And the track is called No Summer. Screaming at the pine trees, no summer, no summer, no summer. Joining me now on the podcast is artist Jacqueline Romine. Um, hi, Jacqueline. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Your work, like I originally came to your work at this book fair that we were both um, showing work at. And um, you, I knew you as a um, zine maker and a performer or a performance artist. Um, but there's a lot more going on. And I want to make sure that I kind of encapsulate your work without leaving anything out. Do you have like a um, your own... I, I partly because I'm always struggling to figure out what my elevator quote unquote elevator pitches about what my work is. Do you have that? <laughs> like, like where are you at with that?
1: Um, the way that I describe myself as an artist, I am, a I have a visual art practice. I have a protest performance art practice, and I'm also a zine maker. So there's these three areas that, um, are part of me that are my art. And the way that we met, I we were both asked to be part of this art book fair in New York and you live there and I live in LA and I flew all the way out to New York to be part of this book fair because they were so excited to have me and then when we got there the place that the the location where this was at um was in a was divided into two sections and one section was inaccessible and w- inaccessible to me as a disabled person and any other disabled person who would go to this public school that still exists in New York, that is not accessible. Mm. And, um, so when we first met, I was presented with my experience of uh, disability and disenfranchisement, um, by not being able to be included with everybody else. um, and be included with everybody else and participate in the zine area because there was a flight of stairs and no elevator at this public school in New York. What, what area is it
0: in? It's in the West village of New York yeah. city. Yeah. in,
1: yeah. in uh, one of the, one of the top five neighborhoods, it's one of the most wealthy in New York as well. Right.
0: Yeah. I, I would say so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> well, <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> that, that, I mean, it all, like the way that all folds in on itself is why why you do your work, right? Like you were yeah. invited and you, well, l- let's talk a little bit about Access Denied because that's a big part of what you do. And something <laughs> that you would think <laughs> would have been on their minds as they invited you.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you know, uh, so tell us about Access Denied.
1: We are... We're on a podcast, so we can't see me. <laughs> uh, but I'm a person with a disability, and I am a person with a visible disability. So there's no way that you would never be able to tell that I'm not disabled. Um, there, there's this, there's this thread that's going on between the East Coast and the West Coast right now with people with invisible disabilities and people with visible, visible disabilities. And um, people don't want to believe that there is such a thing as able body passing privilege but there is, and that's a real thing. Mm. And I cannot get away. Nobody can never know that I'm not a dis- that I'm not disabled. There's not necessarily a hierarchy, but there is definitely um, a spectrum. And I need more help than people who have fibromyalgia, like because I need a caregiver and I need, you know, help going to the bathroom and taking a shower and doing all these things. And people with invisible disabilities don't experience that. Don't experience that, and don't need that level of care. Mm. but that's a that's a whole other thing that's a whole other thing sorry
0: (laughs) no that's okay i'm i'm interested in all the things so
1: (laughs) so yeah uh access tonight is a project that i started only because i was consistently discriminated against within the art community in los angeles and in in the way uh not um not like as a disabled person they were telling me that I couldn't come in or that they didn't want me, but by the physical structure that they can, that they continuously inhabit is telling me that they don't want to include me and showing me that I can't get in. Hmm. And, so, um, and also these different experiences that I have as a person who is a wheelchair user, um, going to different galleries that are, um, like I don't, I don't, I've, I've never, uh, I, originally when I started the project, I just wanted to go see the art. Like I saw, I saw a listing on like, you know, whatever there's like an opening this Friday opening, blah, blah, blah. And just like, it was like me really just wanting to see the art and then going to try to see it. And then I couldn't get in. And this has been happening since 2015 when I started grad school and I started going to more art venues because I was in grad school and I thought, I I thought I was going to continue my art career. And, um, So it started happening then and as a power chair user at the time, it was a totally different experience because people could never lift me because my power chair was 300 pounds and I was 180 pounds like on top of that. So there's no way that somebody could try to physically lift me and put me into the space. And um, so since I've also physically transitioned, the work has slightly transitioned where there have been different options and instances where I have allowed people to carry me into spaces that I could not get into because the people who were facilitating the event really wanted me to be there. And I I do not believe that this is safe. It is not safe. I just so we know, everybody out there in the world, it is not safe for a wheelchair user to be carried up the stairs because there's so many things that could go wrong. And it, it just is. But it is, it is possible. And it can be done.
0: And that's what we did at That's this book fair we, <laughs> like, we yeah. when you arrived and left like the first the first day of the fair you you were on a separate floor from yeah. from it was like a it was like a very fancy book fair and then
1: it was, and was then, in, <laughs> in the antiquated area
0: <laughs> and then and then there's the cool kids which we were parts of I say that tongue in cheek. I hope that reads. I know, but
1: it was so funny. It was so funny because like even the words that were used were cont- like completely contextualizing my experience. Like I was like forced to be in the antiquated area because I was disabled and I couldn't get up the stairs.
0: <laughs> but the the thing that and I feel like you said this to me and obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but but it's also telling anyway, like the book fair that we were a part of was extremely apologetic and and sort of surprised themselves yes. do i remember that yes correctly
1: yes it's true they didn't they were not informed of the venue they did not know that this was gonna happen
0: yeah and that from as i guess i'm just being careful to be like well they were really nice but yes. I, you had a you, your experience is your experience so yeah, yeah. i don't know no, what that is
1: i believe <coughs> that they were very apologetic and um they were very accountable and they try to make things right. I mean, you can't really make things right unless the structural changes are going to be made. But, like, that's not their responsibility. So, but, yes, they 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 helped me get up the stairs just like you did. Um, they made sure I was very comfortable. Even when I was down in the other area, they even took another person from your, our, our zine area down to sitting by me because they didn't want me to be all by myself. So mm. I thought that was nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. But then, of course, it's very telling about the entire landscape oh, that, yes, that sure. people who were that nice and were prepared to know that that they needed to make sure the space was accessible because you were coming and it still got still be, was overlooked in whatever way it was really kind of underlines why you're doing what you do with Access Denied.
1: A hundred percent because they, they, they started following me on Instagram and they were liking my pictures and my work. And so they know that this is the type of work that I make. Uh, so yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to say, like, don't poke the bear, but, like, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but maybe poke it a little. <laughs> um, the 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 photographs, when you, you explained to me about access denied in person at the book fair, and it wasn't until I looked at your website that I realized kind of the weight that these photographs of you – outside these venues really carries, right? Like, I, I don't want to describe it too much. So I'll put a link um, for people who are listening. So you can go to MikeyPod.com and you can find a link to the various projects and Jacqueline's website. Um, but it's very, I think I have my own, my uh, imposter syndrome creeping in right now. I'm like, how I'm not smart enough to talk about how how impactful it's- your photographs are
1: without being a disabled person. Yeah,
0: yeah, that too and and, and yeah. So you, you can
1: yeah, please give me your opinion because I have like a very strange other opinion from the disabled community. So go ahead.
0: Oh, wow. Um well, to me, well all of it, you know, like so much of what's going on just in our society with uh the Black Lives Matter movement too, and me as a white person, there are so many moments of like oh <laughs> shit, like those catching myself missing it for 50 years, right? <laughs> like I'm yeah. 50 years old. Um, and this is was just another one of those moments. You know, when I when I had the experience of being with you and like, mm. oh, shit, she's, you know, like everything we just talked about. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I should have known, but I didn't. Like, I didn't. Like, my privilege, like, made it so that I didn't have to know about that. Um, but your photographs really, to me, capture – the what that feeling is because your 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 chair is outside of these venues mm-hmm. pointed toward the door and then all we see is the back of your head yeah and you you stayed at these events from beginning to end like it's is parked the right word to use for your chair yeah
1: it is, okay yeah
0: <laughs> like outside these spaces
1: like but see like for me like even when i'm like i guess i guess you could say parked or standing still even though i'm not standing it'd just be still yeah. i'm not standing <laughs> i don't
0: know but parked a it, it you know it it's a really powerful way to, to make your presence there (laughs) I'm not speaking very well I'm not speaking what I'm trying to say as well as I'd like to um but that's that that's the impact that I feel from the photographs I think they're just they just really tell the story as completely as I I, I've seen it told
1: oh well thank you when I was first doing this before like I before I started posting it on Instagram I posted it in a forum like for disabled women on Instagram I mean no uh for disabled women on Facebook like Mm. four years ago and most of these people are not politically aware. Most of these people are just want to be a person. They don't care about making change and, um, they're not artists. So, um, there's all that like, and I put it into this canon, and these people didn't like it. Told me I was just doing more of the same, that this image is a trope and that I should just go someplace else. Hmm. and take my business elsewhere and they still don't get it and they don't care to see this because they know that this exists and they're just not going to participate in inaccessible spaces so I should just not bother hmm. so so yeah it, it was a weird it made me it would discourage me from trying to want to continue to make the work because I felt like I was just doing more of the same but I know that I'm not and that's why I continue to do it so
0: I'm a gay man and I, I kind of connect that with this feeling I've had in my life when I'm, when I guess you could say my internalized homophobia is rearing up, and I'm a little like, well, I'm not that kind of gay guy. Like I'm very, uh, like a certain amount of distancing. And I wonder if that is what you might have been experiencing.
1: A hundred percent. People with disabilities have internalized ableism. They mm-hmm. don't understand it all the time, and they don't always recognize it all the time. Yeah. Yes, they do. A hundred percent. Do you feel I, if, I, I had it for myself for when I was first disabled for a very long time, I refused to want to hang out with other people who have disabilities because I didn't want to associate myself with that as if I could other myself. It was so foolish.
0: But it's like this thing we go through is you know it's smile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see this as activist artwork. You didn't call it that yourself, so I don't wanna <laughs> I don't wanna project. Um yeah
1: it's okay i think it is th- i mean i know that it is that are
0: there are there times when um you have to decide with your work like which quote-unquote hat to wear like the activist or the artist like are there times that those two things conflict with each other
1: no hmm. i'm always both yeah yeah i'm always both and i don't think that they conflict with each other because my politics that i align myself with also align with the way that i practice my art the way that I show my art and I'm okay with like there being like a thread within my feed of there being definitely a representation of my visual practice and a representation simultaneously of my art te- art performance protest So
0: hmm. yeah, <clears throat> well, I, yeah I,
1: they, and they don't like really go together at all. Like they're two, they're three separate things like the zine, the protest performance art and the, and the visual art practice, like they're all very different, but they're all still me.
0: Hmm. I think I that question is really interesting to me because it's something that I personally sort of struggle with. I'm kind of getting to a better place with all of that where I, you know, like the the various different things I do just in my life as a artist, slash teacher, slash podcasters, you know, all these different things. Yeah. I've put them in like these separate compartments. And I think it's been to my own detriment because they all inform each other um, but it's, it's for somehow you know especially with teaching I feel like oh no that's just that's just the thing I do <laughs> to support my artist life, but it's not because I really love it and it uh, and it informs everything else. I don't know so I, I, I think that's just that's why I'm interested in that those ideas of like uh, you know the, the activists and artists, conflicting with each other and if they do and yeah it's kind of cool to hear (laughs) you so solidly like nope they don't conflict and this is (laughs) like it's all like you well well integrated I don't want to use too (laughs) too much therapy talk
1: no I agree but like I only now that I've been so far out of grad school have I been able to believe these things about myself and know them because while I was there uh, one, I was for sure never going to make work about my disability when I started grad school, but the institution forced me to because they would discriminate against me. And so I did that. And I went to school at CalArts, everybody out there. And so they forced me to be the person that I am now because I didn't want to have to do it. I didn't want to have to do it because it was. I knew that this is what was it, Not this activism part. Nobody Actually, I was told by advisors while at school not to make this work. Um, that it wasn't relevant and that it wasn't important enough. And there weren't that many places that were this
0: way of making an aghast look right now. <laughs> like it's.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, I'm sure. But like, but for, to go back to that, like, uh, like, like even me, like the only reason I started making zines again is because my friend, Gave me an opportunity to show it and do a reading, and that is the re- reason why I made the zine. I never thought I could be making zines and traveling around the world with my freaking zine. I never thought that was possible, and it is, and it's only because I tried it. And this so. is
0: the um, "Why bring me flowers when I'm dead?" When you had yeah. the time to do it when I was alive, project, yeah,
1: yeah, and like, I, like I collected zines all throughout my 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 art career, and I never, I never, I never thought that. Um, I never thought that I would make one that somebody else would want to see and that somebody would else would want to buy. Mm. Um, and, um, uh, my friend just gave me that opportunity and like, I literally made it produced, m- like created it, did the layout, did the poetry and then did the reading within a week. And then I started, well, I, well, obviously the first one I made, I had to refit. I had to fix it like three times cause n- nothing was spelled right. <laughs> <laughs> Like I even spelled Abuela on the cover wrong. I didn't even know and nobody corrected me. I had somebody look at it to like be my editor and they were totally it went past them too. So it was like so many mistakes in the first one. Like Yeah, it was even in a bookstore. It was even in a bookstore with the with the with the cover spelled wrong and they posted it on their Instagram. It was
0: so <laughs> Oh no.
1: And then somebody called me out. They're like, you spelled Abuelo wrong. And I was like, oh, shit, you're right. And I didn't even notice. So there was like a lot of mishaps at the beginning.
0: Yeah. And was this also an installation? It seems like I saw some photos on your website of um, an installation piece that was related to this. Did I get that right? Yes,
1: you are correct. So my zine is a a, a takeaway to my larger visual performance. I mean, visual art practice, where I take pictures of the flowers that I give to my grandma that I get from downtown Los Angeles. And then I bring them into my home and I take pictures of them. As I said earlier, sorry, I'm restating things. And then then, uh, my caregiver and I build a bouquet and then uh, one bouquet stays here. And then the second bouquet that looks exactly the same goes to my grandma's house. And then I've been doing that consistently for about a year and a half.
0: It's also beautiful. Everyone who's listening, definitely check out Jacqueline's website. Um, What is, can, I don't have it written down right here. Can you give it to me really quick? Oh, just found it. JacquelineRomine.com.
1: That, yeah, that's my artist website. And I, I have a link to my zine within it, but I needed to really do a link tree for my Instagram. I haven't done that. Um, but My zine site, unfortunately, and my artist website are two different things because one is a store and one is like just
0: like a a portfolio. Oh, right. But I think if do I I think I found the store site through your website somehow. Yes. Okay.
1: it's It's there on the top and it's in within my project. Why bring me flowers when I'm dead?
0: And if that if you're listening and you're like, that sounds really hard, you can just go to MikeyPod.com and yeah. I'll have all these links in the in the post. Um with your with your work, have you gotten any surprising responses? Any like su- surprising transformations from people or connections? Anything that s- jumps out to you
1: Um, well, yes. Um since I've been making the project, there have been let's see one space that was a truck gallery. That's called gas gallery. Um, uh, CC Moss is the curator and the creator of that space. And she um, found independent funding and got a ramp so that her bus, her, her bus gallery travels around could be accessible after calling her out. And um, one gallery called Nicodem gallery Uh, they moved to an accessible space, but I'm not necessarily sure it was because of me. Cause they're like a higher end commercial gallery and I called them out and they never responded. Uh, But they did move. And, um, and this other place called Los Angeles contemporary archive. um, They, I went to their space to have a, to go to an artist talk and um, I couldn't go to it. And so now, what they do they mean they they still um they still have the space, but their talks they try to do them in the courtyard now, so that like I can be participatory um but other than that that's the and then like I had a after I called out the underground museum um we had a meeting, and with the curator and the creator of the space uh Karen Davis and megan's uh actually, I don't know what Megan's last name is. I I, can't, I, I apologize, Megan. Um, <laughs> uh, I had a very lovely meeting with them because they felt so compelled to like have a conversation with me. And they didn't, they did not like the way that I was treated when I was there. That is not their policy. That's not the way they, they want. I, I want, they want to be, they want to treat me. And so they apologized and they said that they're going to look for the funding and look for, Look for the necessary things that they can fix instead of... Because at the Underground Museum, um, you, you enter the space and it's accessible. And the ga- like the gallery space is accessible. The bathrooms are accessible. But they have a back patio. And once you get to the back patio, there's only stairs. And in order for me to be able to get to the back patio, I have to completely go outside, go around the alley, and go to the back door. Mm. Which, which is technically illegal, oh. according to the ADA. I mean, legality and the law is kinda arbitrary sometimes, but that is what it says, that it's disrespectful to make a person with a disability go into the back entrance because it just is. And um but I was still willing to do that. I was still willing to do that on a constant basis. Uh but the time that I went to, to the to the museum that one time, uh they wouldn't open the gate for me. So that's why they were so apologetic. But it wasn't the actual it wasn't the curator and it wasn't the owner. It was just somebody who was working in the shop who had never met me before. And, um, They just said they were too busy and they didn't want to help me. And so I couldn't go and participate. So that's why I called them out.
0: I'm so happy to talk to you about this stuff. And I hate that it has to be talked about. I'm really grateful you were able to talk to me about your work. Um, As we mentioned before, people who are listening can just swing by MikeyPod.com. And I'll have links to um, Jacqueline's website, uh, the Zine site, and all of her socials. So you could find out more about her work. Uh, Thanks so much for joining me, Jacqueline. Thanks. That was New Life, the latest single from me. Yay! I'm always happy when I can play some of my own music here. That single just came out a couple weeks ago. It's such a weird release because of the coronavirus. I was ready to kind of promote it, and then suddenly I realized, like, oh, it's not out yet, and it got delayed, etc., etc. Well, there it is on the podcast, or via link at MikeyPod.com to um, give it a listen at all the places, Spotify. If you want to add it to your playlists, tell your friends what a beautiful song it is, I'm not going to stop you. Thank you, Jacqueline, for being on the show today. Thank you for listening. Um, Check out Jacqueline's work, also linked at MikeyPod.com. And if you're a patron, there will be an extended interview with Jacqueline coming up on Patreon and on my bonus content page at MikeyPod.com. I'd love to hear from you if you're listening to the podcast. And I hope you're doing well. I hope everyone's doing the best they can in this strange world. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye.